Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What do you get when you cross a broken ice cream truck with Impressionist art? Van Gogh. What did the compost say to the coffee grounds? Let's get dirty. Why don't you ever see Lego trolls on Twitter? They've all been blocked. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred with the wacko alternative medicine asshats. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And my partner in all things, Tacey. Hello, Tacey. Hello. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular medical provider. If you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call 347-766-4323. That's 347-Poohhead. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at drscottwm. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, practical nurse. Physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, acupuncturist, whatever. Check out stuff.drsteve.com. That's stuff.drsteve.com for all of your, um, what, Amazon needs. Amazon needs. Online shopping needs. Hell, they got everything. Everything. It really helps keep us on the air. Yep. So stuff.drsteve.com. Thank you. And uh, check out uh, Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And uh, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine, where Tacey and I will, again, be uh, doing shows now that we're back from vacation. And uh, yep. it's it's, a, it's <laughs> fun. It's a different show. It's completely different, uh, completely different content. And then there is some classic stuff that you've never heard before. There is the first time I was ever on Opie and Anthony on there. I just put some links up to three major times that I took a 
major thrashing on that show. That, all in good fun, of course, and it was loads of fun. And uh, particularly the time when they, uh, I was had been giving them um, wine, uh, homemade wine. And that's where this all started. Steve from Bayshore still shits on me about my homemade wine. I haven't made any wine in, what, 20 years. But yeah. back then, uh, I was making wine quite a bit. Well, I guess 20 years is too much. Probably 15. But um, And I saw, sent them some. And Opie, they were talking about taking gifts from fans. And Opie said, you know, uh, you know who gave me homemade wine? And I love the guy, uh, Dr. Steve. And then here we go. Well, it was made from cyst, you know, aspirated cysts and all this stuff. And, of course, I can't do it justice. And I heard it live. And I remember thinking, oh, God, is this good or bad? And then the more I listened to it, the funnier it was. Scott, if you've never heard this, it is really funny. And uh, they were just, it seemed like 45 minutes. It was probably 12, 15 minutes, something like that. But that's on there. And it is uh, quite humorous. And uh, that was the first time, Tacey, and I think you probably remember this, when I realized that I was kind of in the the, the group, even if I was in a very, even if I was Pluto to their solar system, okay. I, I was still felt like I was orbiting. I was part of that sort of local group. So that was pretty cool because they were just shitting on me so bad. They wouldn't have done that if they didn't like me. So anyway, all right. Um, and oh, yeah. And check out cameo.com slash weird medicine. I do them dirt cheap. I'll say fluid to your mama. <laughs> I had a guy uh, do one for his dad who was 60 and wanted me to just say fluids a bunch. And so I did that. And I told him the story about Dave Cole with his his um, first uh, auctioneering job where he had to say sickety, sickety, sickety all over and over again because the stupid property got stuck on 60. And they can't say 60 if you're an auctioneer. Because mm-hmm. try saying 60 multiple times no. real fast. You can't do it. No. 60, 60, 60. But you can say sickety, sickety, sickety. You can do that real fast. Yep, yep. And his wife turned to me and said, yeah, he's making me sickety. I wish he'd <laughs> shut up. So it was a fun day. Oh, but anyway, so I, you know, I do stupid stuff like that. So it's terrible, but it's terrible in sort of the weird medicine way. So uh, uh, cameo.com slash weird medicine. So Dr. Scott, uh, we'll get to my medical <clears throat> issues in a minute. We left everybody kind of on a cliffhanger last time. But let's talk about yours. You've been having some belly pain, and now, what the fuck? You had a colonoscopy today? No, that's next Wednesday. Today, I'm just foggy because I had an, uh, an endoscopy. Oh, now, the endoscopy I'll do with anesthesia because yep. they can't stick a six-foot no. snake down my throat without me just puking up my stomach exactly. like a dang... Uh, uh, swordfish that's brought up from the bottom. Yeah, and that's kind of what it, it looks like. So I um, I did the the propofol, which has got to be the best drug ever. Yeah, it's Michael history. Jackson's magic oh meal. Oh God, it's just the most bizarre thing. Yeah. Um, no, it is weird. Isn't it's it? just it you know because you're I mean you're perfectly lucid. Yeah. And and you know the the the, uh, the anesthesiologist taps me on the shoulder. She goes, now, "Honey, you're going to go to sleep here in just a second. And you're like, "Yeah, you're right." And I'm like. <laughs> you know and then and then you wake up and, and i and i felt really good most of the day i'm just a little foggy just a yeah little you bit, feel but not, but not bad not more bad. like you could do stuff than you really can and i think that's the problem i got into today doing the show i thought i had everything out of control and then the computer's not working i'm like oh man 
Yeah. Brain, you, my brain's not quite yeah. back to full speed. You lose what they call executive function. Yes. But it is interesting. And I don't my have exper- much to work with either. <laughs> my experience is they say, okay, we're going to give you the medicine. And I'm and I'm sitting there going, this isn't doing anything. But when I'm say, thinking that, it's already over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there going, well, this shit isn't working. Yep. And then they're like, okay, you can get up now. It's like, wait, what? I missed the whole thing. Yeah. It crazy. is amazing. Yeah. and, and I, it, Anyone that fears this, this is, not, do not fear this. It's literally the most, it's the coolest thing I've ever It done. is cool. It's like time travel. It is. It's just, you, you just literally just go, because you're sitting there having a normal conversation and then you wake up, you're like. Well, in the middle of a word and you finish the word. Yeah, yeah. And it's already over. I remember the first time I had it done, we uh, had an anesthesiologist. His name was Willie Abrenica. He was from uh, from uh, the Philippines. And he taught me all kinds of disgusting words in Tagalog. <laughs> <clears throat> so for any of our Tagalog speakers, if your Tagalog-speaking moms are listening, cover their ears. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, he would, uh, he would, uh, he taught me, uh, putang inamo, that means you son of a bitch. And then, uh, malaki susumo, that's, uh, you have big tits. Ooh. I don't know when I would ever use that no, one. No, never. <clears throat> right taste. And then, mm-hmm. uh, 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 let me see, mabahoang kili kili mo, that means you've got B.O. Kili kili is like stink under your armpits. And then uh, I would always get everybody to teach me how to say, what's that hanging out of your nose? And I can say that in a bunch of different languages. In Tagalog, it's anong nakasabat sa longmo. Now, in Urdu, which is, they speak in Pakistan, it's a nakachoha. Oh, God. That's a lot better. That's a lot better. Nakachoha. That's a lot better. And then, uh, oh, and okay. I can say it in Romanian, too. That's, but that's probably enough, though. <laughs> no, okay. Oh, he's just showing off. I know he he's, is. He's covering for okay, me. Okay, go ahead and tell so, us. So anyway, so. Everybody that's yeah, okay, Romanian so is just so. waiting. Okay. They're just waiting. No, 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 it's fine. That's a they cliffhanger. They want their, their Tacey says no. <laughs> Tacey said no. So. They want to be represented, too. Um, it's yes. Chitsatirna Dinas. I, I knew you couldn't help it. <laughs> well, you said. <laughs> so, um... But yeah, so Willie Abrenica, I remember I was terrified mm. that, because I'd never been under anesthesia before, mm. that in the middle of it, I would start screaming horrible things. Right. And then there's no saying afterward, well, that wasn't me. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't say those, those, because people would be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the way he really thinks. But it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, I'm just, I'm so worried I'm going to scream something inappropriate that... Um, you know, like a Malaki Susumo or something like that. I'm sure that's what it would be. <laughs> that um, I was uh, I was really worried about it. But then it was, I had that exact experience. They gave it. He said, okay, I'm going to give it to you now. And then I just woke up and it was over. And it's like, what? It's over? And I was like, Willie. You know, I was screaming at him in Tagalog what an awesome dude he was and all this stuff. It was great. So, uh, it was, oh, my God. That was quite the relief. Yeah, I'm up. Now, well, that was the, this is part one. Now, part, why are you having this done? Because then, then we'll talk about part next, two. Part two. We, um, so I just having abdominal, uh, really diffuse abdominal pain for uh, many, many years. And um, well, you, you never told me any of this stuff. You've got other things. To no, worry I about. don't. Yeah, you're my friend. No, you I, fucking I, I, asshole. I, 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 you've got other, you've got lots of other people to worry about. Oh, you just don't want <sighs> me doing it. 
that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> no, but but we 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 thought it was, uh, and, and still think it's it's who's we you uh, and not primary, not primary. You, you know, you and Beardy. Yeah, you know, you, Blackbeard. <laughs> it's his. It's it's his. Um, one of his minions. Um, okay, uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't but matter. you know who it is. Yeah. Um, it's like okay. He's a fancy British accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know who he is. It's South African. But, yeah, but, but I know we're, what you're um, saying. Yeah. But we're um, yeah, just thought it was irritable bowel, really. So what I've done is, and, I, and I've changed a lot of things. I've, I've gone primarily to the FODMAP diet. Yes. And that has helped a bunch, you know, and, and just, just simply cutting out onions and garlic. Has yeah, no shit. Huge difference. Yeah, but hell, you grow up thinking all oh, that's good for you, you know. And But there's yeah, a lot of other foods and vegetables on the FODMAP diet. Yeah, we should talk about FODMAP. very, very, very healthy for you, but they blow up your tummy. Yeah. So I was just ruling out, you know, because there's a bunch of. Let's talk about it since you brought it up yeah. so we don't have to go back and talk about it. Uh, we put Liam on FODMAP diet as well, and I'm mm-hmm. sort of on it, mm-hmm. but it stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. And these are all short-chain carbohydrates, i.e. sugars, and uh, the small intestine can't absorb them very well. And what happens is, is then you get bacteria that'll crack these things or the body tries to metabolize it and you get cramping, diarrhea, sometimes constipation, uh, stomach bloating and gas and flatulence. So yeah. the, the uh, and these medication, well, or uh, I'm sorry, these um, foods include things like milk, yogurt, ice cream, which Liam will not stop. So I haven't I haven't had that in years. Well, he he takes lactate, but um, okay. and then uh, wheat-based products, so you go gluten-free. But then, yes, like Dr. Scott said, there are some vegetables in there that you would otherwise think are very healthy: onions, garlic, asparagus, artichokes, apples, cherries, pears, and peaches. Yeah, I know broccoli great. stuff like that. So yeah, bro- I mean things that you would think <clears throat> yeah, are just know, wonderful, but they're gas. They have these sugars in them, yep. and the body can't digest them well. And uh, you don't want to be presenting undigested sugars to the bacteria in your gut because they just go, oh, they it's a fucking it. smorgasbord. They love it. They love it. So uh, yeah, so you have to base your low FODMAP meals around things like eggs and meat. Uh, certain cheeses, and thank God, cheddars in their almond milk, uh, rice, quinoa, oats, that kind of stuff. But you can have vegetables, eggplant, tomatoes, yeah. cucumbers. You can have zucchini. They talk about cucumbers. You know, they have those burpless cu- uh, cucumbers because yep. people have indigestion with them. But th- those aren't a problem in this. No. But that is, if you if FODMAP helps you, it makes me wonder, since you've had abdominal pain for so long, whether you have small intestine bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, yeah, I think have I they think. discussed that with so, you? So yeah, so we, we did we did a round of of um, t- right Faxman. Uh, uh, well, not that because it was seven hundred dollars. Um, you did can get it less than that. Flagyl Cipro combo. Oh god, yeah, that must fun. have torn up your stomach. Not at all. Really? really? Not Didn't at all. It, it helped. No, hell, it helped. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, if it helped, then that's got to be what it's it gotta is. It's got to be. Uh, and that's what, uh, again, we're just kind of, and I hadn't had a colonoscopy in years, and I, I just loved the experience, so I thought, um, yeah, have another one. <laughs> so let's talk about your colonoscopy then. Um, so that's coming up next. So please, I'm going to ask for forgiveness from our friends in advance, because next next Wednesday I'll probably be, be in similar shape. Oh, really? Oh, you're yeah. having it a week from, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
And, uh, so so that's there. awesome. Yeah. Do it without anesthesia. Try it one time. Try it. Oh, yeah, just try it. No, seriously. It, it won't hurt. I wrote, if you, yeah. if anyone yeah. is interested in what I'm getting ready to talk about, or what we're, we're getting ready to talk about, go to drsteve.com and just put in uh, the word colonoscopy in the search bar. And I wrote up a whole article. That was back when I thought I would write a lot of things for the for the website. A uh, whole article on a anesthesia-free colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. And, well, you've heard me talk about oh, sure. it. Yeah. The, the downside is, yes, um, you have to, if you look at the TV screen, you will see a six-foot rendition of your hairy anus <laughs> before it, it goes in. But the, the upside is you can see stuff. You can see the transverse colon, right. and you can see the cecum, and you can see all these parts of the large bowel, which is pretty damn cool. And they can talk yep. to you during it. it there is mild discomfort unless it gets stuck and then it hurts like a motherfucker but Mm -hmm. for like 30 seconds and then it's done and when they pull it out you and they use nitrogen now Mm -hmm. which pissed me off because there's not even any post-procedure flatus (laughs) i took a flatus flute with me last time thinking oh boy i'm gonna film this as i expel all this gas and make the flatus flute shoot out of my ass and go to flatusflute.com by the way if you're interested in getting one um it's the whistling bug plug we have nothing to do with it but it's hilarious and um I thought that would be cool, but now they use nitrogen, it just gets absorbed, and uh, there's no post-procedure bloating. Bombs, the nothing. bombs, the post-procedure bombs. And the, the prep, yeah, it sucks, except that you feel so much lighter on your feet with no shit in your colon. Yeah, oh heck. yeah I don't mind that. I don't mind that part at all. Yeah, and you never ascribed all this BS, like these bowel people mm-hmm. on the internet where they're like, oh, and I took this preparation and look at the leathery concretions and they they take a knife and they're cutting these uh-huh. leathery things and they're talking about how stool cakes the the uh-huh. the the lumen of the bowel so you only have this little channel and it's like it, uh-huh. it makes sense in your head that it would happen that way but that's not how it happens no. there's none of that anyone that's ever seen a colonoscopy knows that this is a lie yeah and um they'll say well what about those things that they pull out of their ass and it's like that's the the, the thing that they're taking. It's some fiber product that binds together and then they shit out these giant masses of fibrous stuff and then go, see, see, and they'll pick them up with a stick <laughs> and go and point it at the camera. Just go, Google. You don't, you don't have to go very far to find this stuff. No. Yeah, I've never no. Googled that. Bowel cleanse. Hey, we've got a, we've got a Keith from L.A. said he, he, he tried to do that and they, they uh, refused. They wouldn't let him Take take his uh, colonoscopy. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, Keith, Keith from L.A. Yeah, from L.A. Well, yeah. that's why because they want to extra talk extra. about him when he's when he's <laughs> when he was out and stuff. Well, it's it's an extra you know procedure and money and stuff. Well, it is true. They you save money by doing yes, it you do, my yeah. way. That's weird that they wouldn't let you do it. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure that I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that should be optional. Yeah, should be. Um, but anyway. Uh, and then when you're done, you just pull up your drawers and you go. You can drive. You can. You just go back to work. You do whatever you want. You don't have to take a whole day off. You don't have to feel goofy and out of sorts with from that propofol thing. And uh, I recommend everybody, if you're going to have one or two colonoscopies in your life, try one of them without anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Unless you just are completely skeeved out by the idea. No, I can do it. 
maybe a little quarter of a Xanax or something before. Yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, I could, you put it under your tongue. Exactly. Slip a little Twix cheek and gum, don't you know? Between a cheek and gum, I'm thinking that'd be a good thing. <laughs> that'd be all right for you. Yeah, well, I might have some other things that might help calm me down before that, too. I might well, I don't know what you're talking about there, Dr. Scott. <laughs> Well, anyway, fun, so fun. yeah, so I hope that you feel better. I still, I, I still would probably do the Rifaximin. I'm thinking about getting them to put Liam on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small intestine bacterial overgrowth syndrome, I think, is pretty grossly underdiagnosed. Terribly underdiagnosed. There are tests for it. Yeah, yeah. There's a thing called urine for indicans. Go ahead, yeah. and talk about. Well, and you know, and sometimes they'll they'll give you the breath test where they'll have you yep. blow into the the bag and after you swallow some stuff and yeah so there's a bunch of different things and and uh, but the great news is the great news is that i was completely completely um cleared of um, any kind of gluten allergy yeah which i can't wait to get my stomach fixed so i can start drinking beer again well I, okay so you may be gluten sensitive rather yeah. than gluten allergic right. which means you can drink beer they do make gluten-free beer you yeah. and i used to sell it yep so not, not much of it though. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think the well, flavor so was much great. anything. <laughs> well, it's hard to sell when they're when you got somebody giving it or trading it for pain pills. If you remember, <laughs> yeah, that is true. That remember. is true. Oh, that's that a problem. A that put us a little behind there about. for a while. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. Ooh, look at this time, Doctor. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> good. Light. Tacey's just shooting <laughs> daggers out of her eyes. <clears throat> yeah, that's, well, these are daggers. Daggers go both ways. That I said. It wasn't going to be my issue, and I wasn't going to worry about it. Yeah. So. And, and you violated the second half of that. But I did not worry about it that much. No, you did good. It was, hey, at least it was, we did have a good place to play some music, though. Oh, God, yeah. That's the thing I miss about it. You know, one thing, when you own a fucking beer garden, you get to book the act. So we would have some pretty cool people like Dave Cecil. And who are those guys? Kramer's Kid. What's his band's called? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's... Uh, um, People need to probably. They're go. they're actually very good. I know. I was going to say uh, they ought to check them out on YouTube. Uh, they, well, if you think of it. Anyway, but we had real musical acts there. Uh, we had R Hat do. Um, um, it, it, you could check him out. It's A R H T, I think. And he did uh, techno music, and then we had some people do, you know, Dave Cecil does uh, acoustic stuff, acoustic stuff yep. and these other people were pretty cool. Donnie and the Dry Heavers. Yeah, Donnie and the Donnie Dry, dry Heavers. Check them out. Yeah, they're on, actually very good. And, and they're getting much better, too. They're they're playing a lot. And, uh, yeah. I know people who follow them. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so they were great. We had them. And then we, there was uh, Dr. Scott and Dr. Steve. That's right. <laughs> playing Grateful Dead covers. Free music yeah, is That's what true. There was no cover. Yeah, that's right. Hey, hey um, Talk Like Hicks got a great quick question. Is SIBO the same as or similar to H. pylori? Uh, do you want to take that? That is a great question. That is a great question. Tacey can take this one. No, I was actually going to ask that question. Oh, okay. No, right. they're, they're similar but completely different. The, the H, well, well they're, <laughs> it's similar. It's the well, same except different. different. It's, it's similar in the fact that the H. pylori is, is the bacteria, it's a bacteria in the stomach. It's a bacteria. That's the only thing. In the stomach, yeah. And it, well, that's what I mean. The back in the SIBO is bacteria in your in your in your colon. That's right. So versus your stomach. Yeah. So now, well, SIBO is it, it, by definition is in the small intestine. Small, okay, not colon. Yeah, small yeah. value. I'm sorry. So back when <clears throat> I used to know about this stuff, they did breath tests for H. pylori. Right. Yep. And then H. pylori kind of went out of fashion a little bit. Yeah. Well, they it's still like, they test everybody for it if they do an EGD, you yeah, know, an endoscopy. It, it's yeah. just like what I had just wasn't a big. 
yeah mm-hmm. thing it, it was a big thing and then all of a sudden it's like oh h pylori whatever well it, but, the funny um, thing was is that gastro when i was training gastroenterologists if you said to them what about this h pylori causing stomach ulcers mm-hmm. a bacterium in the stomach causing stomach ulcers they would literally laugh at you yep. saying there's no way in hell that a bacterium can survive in the stomach to cause ulcers and uh, then it was demonstrated through using Koch's principles that, in fact, that is exactly what happens mm-hmm. in certain people. And then, yeah, there's this um, regimen. Do you remember what it is, Tace? It was um, clarithromycin, amoxicillin, and lansoprazole, right? Mm-hmm. There were three drugs that you had to take to kill this thing. And it was kind of a, a, a pain-in-the-ass mm-hmm. regimen, but it would kill it. Right. And it, you would, when you killed the uh, H. pylori, the ulcers would heal faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you get that test every endoscopy yes. you get? Every, that the, Around here, anyway, I'm sure that's everywhere. It's so cheap. Yeah. So what about these newfangled products that are out that you were talking about? wanting to put our son on for okay now that's for small intestine bacteria i, I was wondering if it yeah. would kill both that's an interesting question i don't think so i don't think so either uh h pylori is hard as fuck to kill yeah. it, you just think about it it lives in the stomach where the ph it lives is four. acid it yeah. lives in acid it literally it's lives in literally hydrochloric acid, acid so yeah. it's a little harder to kill yeah. But uh, small intestine bacterial overgrowth is where you uh, maybe you've been on acid suppression, mm-hmm. and now some bacteria are, that can't live in the stomach now can live in the stomach, enough of them to get into the small intestine mm-hmm. because the small intestine is supposed to be relatively sterile. Mm-hmm. And then you get this kind of slime mold, slime layer in the small intestine that's just bacteria going where's the you know where's the chow where's the juice and then you feed it things like bread and things like that and milk and and any sugars that uh can't make it oh that's one of the problems with lactose intolerance Mm -hmm. is when uh, you know lactose is the sugar in milk and it is a um two Oh, shit. Now I got to look it up. I don't want to say this wrong. It's a disaccharide. They're two sugars hooked together. And I can't remember if they are both um, glucose or one is a different thing. God dang it. Come on. And I'll add add while you're looking for SIBO, too. One thing you can tell uh, that I've experienced is with SIBO. Sorry. Okay. I got it. it. Okay. Is is it if, if you drink something carbonated? <clears throat> that helps to carry the the bacteria in that small intestine further down the small. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, <clears throat> sure does. So the bacteria actually the bubbles in the in the carbonation actually carry it down. It makes it worse and worse over time. Yes. And I really, really, it, it, it's been a couple months ago. But heck, I just took a little sip out of a, like um one of those um waters, the the flavored waters of carbonated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I thought my my daggum stomach was going to just yeah. explode. I said, yeah. this has got to be it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> and Liam has trouble with uh, carbonation, too, now. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and sorry, lactose is a disaccharide, as I said, but it's galactose and glucose. Okay. So it's two different sugars together. And you, what lactase does is cleaves those two. Okay. So, uh, and when you cleave them, they can be readily absorbed in the stomach and 
and very early in the GI tract. But if you can't cleave them, they can't be absorbed, and they end up in the small intestine. And if there's bacteria in there, they go, we like this stuff, and they'll ferment it. And when products of fermentation are gas and alcohol and stuff like that, and then if they get, if those things make it to the bowel where there's just nothing but bacteria, then it's really a problem. It causes bloating and, and, you know, gut discomfort and stuff like that so uh anyway um and i think you know i think a lot of folks don't realize that in inside the uh, especially in the, the intestines the stretch fibers in there oh and they when, don't like it you know, oh god no those stretch fibers they, get, they start getting stressed out with so stretch gas. fibers are nerve endings that respond to stretch and what they're trying to tell you is something is breaking in right there. Some, yeah <clears throat> something about to blow up Yep, and so uh, they're they're not designed to just be stretched taut, and that mm. can cause a lot of discomfort. Mm. Also, if you get cramping with it, which you will get with this, because it causes not just inflammation but just irritability of the uh, bowel, and now you start getting uh, um, you know cramps and those kinds of things as well. So the whole thing sucks, and uh, but it may be caused by us taking antacids, mm. and now all of a sudden these bacteria can survive to get into the small bowel. So we use a medication called rifaximin usually for that, <clears throat> and it's um, it's a kind of broad-spectrum antibiotic that kills gut bacteria. Yeah. And you want to follow that with uh, something that will repopulate your bowel. Mm-hmm. And see, it's, it's always tough for me is that you take um, – uh, probiotics, mm-hmm. and then, well, they've got to pass from the stomach to get to the colon. So now you're just repopulating that area, but at least you're repopulating it with good bacteria instead of shitty bacteria. Yeah, and I've actually found a couple of products I like because, you know, the thing I can't do is like kombucha, <clears throat> the kombucha. Yeah. Because it's all carbonated. Right. So it's like, yeah. You shouldn't I mean, be drinking that crap. I was anyway. say, I'd like to use it, but heck, I can't because it blows up. I mean, it fits your personality. It, does, uh, <laughs> it probably oh, smells would, a lot like me, too. Weed infused kombucha. <laughs> Wait a minute. New new idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually not a bad idea. We could sell it to all those damn hippies. That's for a bunch of, bunch of hillbilly hippies. All right. So anyway, so we're going to get an update next week yeah. on your colonoscopy. Looking forward to it, yeah. And, and to be clear, the, the great news is, like I told the doctor this morning, I said, the great news is you didn't find anything. That's yeah. what I was hoping for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little gastritis, so there was some little redness in my stomach. It really is crystal clear. Yeah. You know, no Barrett's esophagus, nothing. Everything yeah, that's good. good. Yeah, yeah look good. Barrett's esophagus being uh, what they call metaplasia, where the... Uh, um, squamous, the squamous, right? The squamous cells, which are flat cells of the esophagus, are replaced by glandular cells from the stomach, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> and it's a response to acid, right, Tase? Yes, and it is a precursor to cancer. Yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. because the it's metaplasia, meaning that there are cells there that aren't supposed to be there, <clears throat> and they are. Um, um, they are subject to more stress because they're not supposed to be there and they can become malignant. So it is a risk factor, and you want to get that checked. So if you have chronic uh, dyspepsia or acid reflux or heartburn, which we call pyrosis, and you're just treating it with over-the-counter shit, at least tell your primary care provider about it because those folks, we used to say if, if they took something over-the-counter for six weeks and couldn't get off of it, they needed to be scoped just to make sure that we are establishing a baseline. We're not missing anything. Mm-hmm. That was When they first came out with these things uh, over-the-counter, I was kind of pissed about it 
because we had a protocol. We would put people on ranitidine back then. That was the big thing. Or cimetidine was the first one. Mm-hmm. And then people were, men were growing boobs and stuff with cimetidine. So we started switching people to ranitidine, which now is off the market. And now the only one that's really left is famotidine. And which is Pepsid. Right. Uh, but we would put people on those. But if after six weeks, their symptoms didn't go away, they were going right to the GI and getting mm-hmm. scoped. Yep. And I felt like that was a safer sort of paradigm Agreed. rather than you just sell it. Somebody takes this stuff for 10 years and never tells their primary care about it. And that it happens a lot. Yeah. At least tell your primary care if you're taking yeah, those. Happens a lot. All right. Well, I guess we should probably give people an update on my thing for those that weren't listening to the last show before we went on vacation i uh, uh the day before vacation my primary care uh said we need to get a ct scan on you because the chest x-ray we did showed that you may have some what we call pulmonary fibrosis and the reason they did the chest x-ray is because they'd forgotten to recheck the chest x-ray after i had COVID, and which showed a weird sort of hazy place in the left left lung mm-hmm. So uh, I said, okay, well, that's fine. Pulmonary fibrosis, you know, if I have that, that that's, I mean, often a two-year prognosis if you get the bad kind. And uh, either way, you're going to have some real decrease in yeah. Yeah, real challenges. Yeah. So I was kind of bummed about that. Well, so I get the CT scan, which now takes literally 30 seconds to do, and I kind of bullied the um, – um, the technologist to just show me the films, right? And uh, they start at the top of the lung. And so they're, it's, it's as if your head is behind the screen and your feet are sticking out of the screen. That's So your uh, spine is down and your sternum is up, and then they're taking cross sections. Mm-hmm. And so it started at the top of the lung, and it was nice and just homogenous with proper um, uh, looking... Uh, blood vessels and the little bronchioles. I said, well, that looks good. I don't see any any uh, uh, pulmonary fibrosis in there. And then we go down further, no fibrosis. Hey, this is looking good. Looking good, looking good. Oh, so far, so good. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and the very last, like, <laughs> 10 things, there was this giant crab yeah. in uh, the lower part of my left lung. I said, well, let show me the coronal views. And that's where they go... Um, how how can I explain that? Shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. okay, cutting you that way, right. and um, and then I could see it, and it looked like a wedge shaped piece of shit. Yeah, it looked like a almost a jagged stone. Yeah, rock bright thing white yeah. looking thing that yeah. was going from granite. in it the like left, granite. Yeah. yeah, lower left. Yeah, it looked like granite. It that's really right. Really looked like granite. Yeah. So, uh, and that's an artifact of the um, the way that the imaging works. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was really, at the time, I was like, okay, I've got stage three lung cancer. I came home and told Tacey, listen, this is what's going to happen, and I don't want any fucking He said, cut the bullshit. I don't don't want any bullshit. And I was like, what? I didn't even. Okay. (laughs) No, well. And I said, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to drive you down to um, uh, Isle of Palms. And then I'm going to turn around. I'm going to stay till New, 4th of July. I'm going to turn around and come back. I'm going to have a bronchoscopy on Tuesday, and then I'll come mm-hmm. back down on Wednesday. And Because I can't let this just be hanging over my head the whole time. And uh, But I have friends. I've been here for 35 years, and so I've got a really good friend 
named Kevin, who's a pulmonologist, and I, you know, I sent a, a picture to him because, unbeknownst to the technologist, I snapped a little picture <laughs> of, the, of that coronal view, and right. I sent it to him. I said, "What in the hell is this?" And he said, "Is that you?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "That looks like fibrosis from COVID. We're seeing this." all over the place wow. we're seeing tons of it mm-hmm. and i think that's what it is but let me call the radiologist and see and he called the radiologist and he said yes this doesn't look like cancer but they kept saying we're pretty sure mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not cancer so i've shown it to three other pulmonologists the last one had a really interesting thing he said when you had all that coughing because i coughed for like six weeks after mm-hmm. i had covid He said what might have happened was you might have inhaled like a piece of popcorn or something if you were eating popcorn. And when you take that big breath when you're going to get ready to do a huge cough. And if you had inhaled that and it got stuck in one of these small little bronchioles down there, it would have done the same thing. Hmm. The bronchioles, you know, it starts with the trachea, the big windpipe, and then it separates into the two major bronchi, uh, um, you know, the, you know, to each lung, and then it divides and divides and divides and divides and divides to get smaller and smaller. And so this piece of popcorn may have gone all the way down to the bottom of my lung and just got stuck, and I couldn't cough it up. When, when that happens, it's just going to kill the the um, everything on the other side of that little bronchial that got plugged up, and it right. can look like that. Yeah. So uh, they're going to repeat it in uh, six weeks, and then we'll know for sure. And uh, but I I did put if you want to see it, check my Twitter feed at Weird Medicine. I did put it up there and kind of explained everybody because I knew last time, uh, you know, I kind of was cryptic about it. And I don't think I gave a very good, you know, discussion on it because I was pretty freaked out anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, but that's what it is. And uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I can live without that little chunk of lung. It's totally fine. (laughs) Fuck that piece of lung. But it does give you pause when you think, oh, you're, you know, this is it. I'm going to have to do chemotherapy and, you know, God knows whether I'm going to be here a year from now. So, but then after a couple of weeks, you just go, oh, shit. Go yeah. back to doing what yeah. you were doing before. Yeah. I remember I had a car wreck once, and I almost died in it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to be a different person. That's like, ah, fuck it. You know? Yeah, that didn't last <laughs> After long. After about a week. Yeah, you know, those scare tactics have been shown to not work at all. Yeah. yeah. I did do some reflection and stuff. And uh, I, I shut down my social media while I, we were at the beach. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just said, listen, I, I told everybody what was going on because I, I knew I didn't want anybody to think if I just disappeared that something bad had happened. Because right I do care about our right. listeners. And we have amazing listeners. The support that um, that I got um, after just letting them know I had a health scare was outstanding. And I just want to tell you all, I love all of you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I really and I really do appreciate it. And um, all the now, good wishes. Yeah, yeah, no, it was awesome. Well, you yeah. know, you ever think of, I'll just pretend I'm dead, like Tom Sawyer, mm-hmm. and then see what people say at your funeral. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I don't have to, and I appreciate that because people <laughs> thought I was croaking. But I do appreciate it. That's good stuff. Anyway, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep so you in six weeks on. Yep. That's cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and if it's still there, if it's grown at all, because the third pulmonologist said this could get bigger 
if this was more recent than we thought, mm -hmm. except it's right in the same place where the COVID hazy place was. Yeah. So it's got to be that. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that too, Dr. Steve. Is it, it, did they tell you that other people that they've seen with the COVID, the COVID lung, the scarring in yep. the lung, it, does it seem to progress or does no. it seem to be pretty stable? No, it just, pretty stable. Yeah. It's awesome. just, it, there was so much inflammation that that part just kind of got clogged and it couldn't unclog. Maybe a mucus plug, if you've heard of that. And uh, I wondered at the time whether I had a mucus plug because I was coughing so bad. You remember, Tase? I was just coughing my mm -hmm. stupid head mm -hmm. off. And I thought about a mucus plug, and I just kind of went, ah, oh, fuck it. But, you know, if I get COVID again and that shit happens again, I'm going to do a special breathing treatment called N-acetylcysteine, mm -hmm. and it will break those things up. And you're going to call me because I have medicines for that. For oh, you the, do? For the, for the, yeah, oh, for to the, the lung. mucolytic oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's wonderful, yep. What do they do for mucus plugs? Because I think I had one. Yeah, you may have. I, a long, long time ago. I remember coughing, literally, this is disgusting, mm -hmm. a brick up. Oh, yeah. Like it was hard as a rock. Yeah. And I, and I coughed it up, and it was just... A broncholeth. It was, was it shaped like a bronchial? It was just like a... Like it, a tube? Yeah. It, and yeah. it was um, just a, a rock of mucus. Yeah. And I had been coughing and coughing and coughing yeah. for months. Yeah, that yeah, that's probably what that was. I was smoking. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> in my early twenties. So. Yeah. Mm. You were hot though when you were smoking back then, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hanging out of the window at the Thistle Victoria in England, smoking uh, in a non-smoking room, out on the balcony with the gargoyles. It was awesome. <laughs> God, she was hot. Well, they didn't really mean non-smoking back then. They <laughs> no, just, they really it didn't. It was just a suggestion. That's <laughs> true. Now it's like four hundred dollar fun, and well, it's like I would not stay in a room if I smelled. Smoke yeah, anymore. I wouldn't either. That's how bad I've gotten, uh, or how over it I am. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, so they can do they can do bronchoscopy which is where they give you goofy juice, stick a, a fiber optic scope down into your lungs, and they look around, and when they find the mucus plug, they just suck it out. Mm -hmm. And they can lavage it with saline, and they'll dump a bunch of saline in there and suck it back out again. You can use this stuff. If it's a new mucus plug, you can do uh, N-acetylcysteine, which is a smelly substance that uh, has other medical uses as well, including uh, for Tylenol uh, poisoning but you can uh you breathe it in and it will dissolve it will thin mucus like crazy oh, well, okay. it's called a, a mucolytic and then pulmonary toilet which sounds interesting but what that just means is cleaning out your your lungs through uh percussion so those are three kind of ways that you can treat one of those things so anyway so that's all good news so yeah good stuff Thank you all. All right. Very good. Enough of that. Uh, you got, oh, I sent you a bunch of stories over the break. Well, you want to do the, the one that... Um, oh, wait. Oh, Johnny Long. Johnny Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It was an atorvastatin and um, CoQ enzyme 10. Um, okay. Well, that's not a question. You just, it's, you it just was, stated it was, it was two things. It was 47 minutes ago. I'm okay. trying to find it. He was asking uh, if he should take coenzyme Q10. Atorvastatin question again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. I I'm got sorry. It. <clears throat> oh, it's okay. He, 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 what he was asking was, if he's taking a statin drug for cholesterol, should he take coenzyme Q10 
uh, along his, with it. His prescribing doctor did not. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 okay. And here's the thing. Um, I just found an, an article in the Auctioner Journal, uh, which is not a shitty journal. It's a pretty decent journal, but it's from 2010, but it's it's old. Uh, but it's coenzyme Q10 and statin-induced mitochondrial dysfunction. So mitochondria are these little um, uh, organelles in cells that look like bacteria. And guess what? They probably were bacteria at one point. Mm-hmm. And we are eukaryotic, you know, human-type cells uh, that had DNA in them needed something to generate energy. And so we formed this sort of... Uh, symbiosis with this bacteria that now divides. It has its own DNA. Mm-hmm. It's passed down from the mother. And uh, these things, you know, they're really interesting little little organs and they produce energy for the cell. And if you have a primary or a secondary, in other words, a secondary deficiency would be one that's caused by something else. Mm-hmm. Primary would be if you just were born that way. Uh, uh, but the deficiencies of coenzyme Q10, you can get neurologic and myopathic syndrome. So one of the uh, hypotheses is is that these HMG-CoA reductase inhibitors, a.k.a. statins, mm-hmm. cholesterol medications, uh, interfere with the production of this stuff called mevalonic acid. And that is a precursor in the synthesis of coenzyme Q10. So you think, okay, so you have this. Uh, HMG-CoA reductase inhibitor, you're going to end up with a deficit in coenzyme Q10, and a deficit in coenzyme Q10 can cause neurologic symptoms like peripheral neuropathy, but also myopathic syndrome, which is muscle aches and pains and muscle cell destruction, both of which are known for statins to cause. So it makes some sort of sense. So... um, what they think is that coenzyme Q deficiency is certainly one possible mechanism for statin-induced muscle pain. But what they found is that coenzyme Q10 supplements haven't really been shown to routinely improve that function. Hmm. So they're saying that uh, you know further, further research is warranted, blah, 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 blah. But I do think that it's okay to take it. I don't see yep. a downside to taking coenzyme Q10 along with your statin. Can I tell that it's helped? Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I don't have the uh, myalgias that I had. Mm-hmm. I can't say that it's from the coenzyme Q10, although those two things were temporarily related, so that is very anecdotal. But I can also say that my neuropathy, I don't think the coenzyme Q10 helped my neuropathy. What did help my neuropathy was taking all the other supplements like glutamine, uh, alpha lipoic acid and myo-inositol. Those things help. And if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, if you have a friend that has peripheral neuropathy, just go to drsteve.com and there's an article there on uh, nutritional supplements for peripheral neuropathy that are backed by you know some data. It's not great. Not uh, I'm not a huge, you know, I don't push it, but I do recommend that people try it because it doesn't hurt and it certainly helped me. I mean, I couldn't even stand in the shower and close my eyes without falling down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I then when it. I got on that stuff, you know, it did go away. So mm-hmm. that's something. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so I, I think, Johnny, it's okay to take it. Mm-hmm. 
There are conflicting data in the literature that are newer than this particular study. I didn't know if you were looking up some, Scott, but no. uh, okay. <laughs> why, why, why would you? Um, why would you? I saw you over there typing. I'm like, okay, he's looking up some more uh, some more uh, recent studies. Uh, but uh, it, it, whenever it's conflicting like that, it tells me that either the studies are poorly done or it might not have a huge effect. But I don't have a problem with you taking it. And I think the reason that a lot of primary care providers aren't telling people to take it is because it's still in the realm of hasn't been proven yet. It's not established science. Mm. But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the question is, if the CoQ10 that you take by mouth can actually make it into the cells, mm-hmm. because if it can't, then you can take all of it you want. It's not really going to do any good. Yeah. Okay. So you have something from the waiting room? Yeah. Bob was asking um, about Barrett's esophagus. Bob Bobbington? Bobby Bobbington. That's right. The the Bob Bobbington, evidently. Okay. Right. He, um, he was just saying that a friend of his about a decade ago had... Um, uh, Barrett's esophagus due to acid reflux. Yeah. And at the time, his doctor recommending getting it checked every year with endoscopy due to cancer risk from it. Yeah. Um, so. And? I would say that. Uh, well, was there a question? That was the question. Does it disappear? Oh, does it disappear? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it can. Yeah, shoot you. It, um, it's yeah, mine, rare. Mine did. Yours did? I mean, I, this today, they didn't say anything about mine being, being there. And I was told 25 years ago I had it. See, that's the thing. These old diagnoses of Barrett's, it calls into question the diagnosis in the first place. But there are people that it will resolve in, but it is unusual. Mm-hmm. Usually it's a chronic condition. So, well, I didn't know that happened to you. Yeah. Wow. Been battling a long time. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it, it Barrett's can go one of the progressions of Barrett's can be dysplasia or no, I'm sorry metaplasia which is when you have cells cell types that are in the wrong place it's supposed to be squamous cell now it's at you know adenomatous and then um, uh, then you have an adenomatous adenomatous just means that it's um, derived from glandular cells and uh, then it can go from metaplasia to dysplasia, which is precancerous, and then it can go to the the naughty one, the, the bad stuff, yeah, to malignant. Okay, yeah. yep. all right, but yeah, it can if you uh, are good to yourself. Every once in a while, one of these things will just uh, resolve on its own. And honestly, I think a lot of it's dietary. If you can <clears throat> change your diet over time, your body might correct it. That's yeah. my that's my thought. That's not a sign. No, I'm with you. Uh, losing weight, yeah. eating fruits and vegetables, yeah. eating a healthy diet is uh, seems to help. Yep, yep, yep. Lowering stress stress levels. <laughs> yeah, good luck on that. Oh, good fuck, luck with that. fuck yourself. Oh god. I'm not having any trouble with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other questions in there? No. That's it. I, 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 I thought you had another one. No. That's oh, all. Okay. All right. Oh, well, about the magic mushrooms. God damn it, Scott. I, yes. Well, I, listen. <laughs> there's seventeen. There's seventeen thousand of them in here, so I'm doing my best. The question was from Diesel. Well, um, okay, let me ask you a question yeah. though. Are you taking notes about the topics that we're talking about today, or I did am. you forget to do that? No, thank God. So then, what you do is you you copy and paste onto that, and then it'll be sitting there right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You see? 
That copy way, and paste, yeah, Scott. While I'm copy looking, and paste. No, I'm just saying. And while I'm looking up the other okay, things. You know, yeah, okay, yeah. Like with the, all the things you're not looking up while I'm talking about them, flailing my arms, going, Jesus Christ, help me here. Well, I'm That's not, fine. I'm just I messing mean, with I, you. I guess I can start looking. No, hell no. They'll be yelling <laughs> oh, at you, that, too. Oh, hell, hell done froze over our taste. <laughs> He'll be yelling at you for a day. I'm not yelling. Hey, He'll yell at me. Magic, hey. Jesus. So Diesel, it just um, won't do anything. Diesel yeah. Child was asking about... Yeah. Um, uh, what what are our thoughts on the magic mushroom studies? Excellent. Yes, I'd say excellent. I'd say <laughs> where are they? I need one right this I very have second. A, a bit of a controversial <laughs> view on this. I think Timothy Leary did us a disservice. I really do. Right. What happened in the '60s was all these kind of conservative uh, thinking, not necessarily right wing, but conservative thinking people in the United States, particularly those in research at the time, mm-hmm. who at that time were wearing, um, you know, pen protectors and had slide rules and shit, more big, thick glasses and had, crew, you know, flat tops. Right. If you look at the normal sort of lab person, then you see, you know, our brethren, uh, you know, a bunch of fucking hippies at Woodstock all zon- zonked out on acid and, you, you know, gro- groovy man. And, you know, if you're going to San Francisco. Okay. Anyway, uh, that did uh, that did us a disservice because people were like, OK, we need to make this shit illegal and we're not going to pay for any research on psychedelics anymore because timothy leary just wants people to have trips and alter their consciousness which at that time was considered a bad thing Mm -hmm. it's taken until now for people to start getting grants where they can uh, do research on psilocybin oh just psilocybin Mm -hmm. and uh, you know lsd research is kind of coming back Mm -hmm. we'll have to go to clinicaltrials.gov and look that would be a good thing to do. Hang on. Let me, get on. Oh my Let me God. copy and paste it first. And uh, put in PTSD and then just uh, as the keyword, put LSD and see if they're doing that. And then check DMT as well. Um, but they're just now starting to do this stuff again. What and were we supposed to put in again? Don't worry about it. Just okay. don't put anything in. Okay. It's, um, God, <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll just... I'll do it in post. We'll Ta- do it live. Type in, type in, blah 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 blah, blah <laughs> and then and then and then type in blah 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 blah. Keyword blah blah blah. <laughs> it's, I'm flipping you double birds. Anyway, uh, but if it, it, did you find anything at, there on studies? Uh, well, a little, a little bit. Uh, the, well, how many uh, studies are there? PTSD and then uh, psilocybin as the keyword, or LSD as the keyword. Well, there's a couple pages. Okay, okay. It okay. says at the top how many studies there are. Mm, It'll say one 7, to seven thousand six hundred. Whoa. Okay, so we're starting to see some research happening again, and that's significant amount of research. So, uh, ketamine has hit this. S-ketamine is now uh, commercially sold, and that's a dissociative anesthetic that is now being sold as a rapid. Uh, medication for severe refractory depression. We're going to see uh, microdosing of psilocybin 
manufactured and sold uh, for uh, PTSD and other conditions. And I think that we are finally getting into the range where we're going to start seeing. Because, we're look, we're manipulating neurochemicals all the time with SNSRIs. You know, we manipulate serotonin. Uh, we... Uh, manipulate can, uh, cannabinoids uh, receptors, you know, why not hit some of these dopamine and other types of receptors in the brain with psychedelics? Yeah. And at very low doses, people aren't jumping out of buildings and thinking they're flying and stupid shit like that. It ruined this. Yep. You know, the bad trip is what ruined this for everybody. It, well, the bad trip and just the image of all the our brothers and sisters doing acid in the mm-hmm. 60s completely stifled it so i really feel like if timothy leary had kept things in the laboratory we would be light years ahead of where we are right now it's almost akin to the burning of the library at alexandria where we would have had calculus maybe a thousand years before we actually got calculus if that library hadn't been sacked and burned and uh you know a thousand years of calculus would we already be traveling between the stars by now i don't know and that comes from spaceship earth at epcot what's that that story. Oh, the li- Library of Alexandria did, mm-hmm. but not the part about calculus. Yeah, no. No, that comes from Steve. No, it's uh, Steve who? Oh, nobody. For fuck's <laughs> sake. No, she's been doing propofol too. <laughs> That's all right. Can taste. you get rid of it? Oh, yeah, of course. Will you? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm just holding something over your head. Good Lord. Okay, well, let's get out of here. Uh, thanks, everybody. Um, we're just sort of getting back in the swing of things again, and we'll do a better show next time. Well, probably. <laughs> Definitely Project. check out our Patreon, though. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Weird Medicine. It's fun. Uh, thanks always go to Dr. Scott, Tacey, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Kumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Charsky, Chowdy 1008, Howdy Gooplung, Eric Nagel, the Port Charlotte Horror, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, St. Pete Barkeep Blower, the Dolly Museum Diddler, the Ballet Bimbo, the girl with a genetic half-sister no one knows about, Percy Dumb. Uh, Roland Campos, sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, she who owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Bill the Cop, Keith the Cop, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins, voice double, guitarist Steve Tucci, the great Rob Bartlett, Adam Goldstein, Cowgirl Vic, thank you for your service, Cardiff Electric, Casey the Soil Scientist, Carl of the Talipes Equinovaris, Carls. Oh my God. Uh, producer Chris, the subreddit, sub, shut up, the subreddit news chick, aka that brog, crows and the Bukaki queen, Jenny Jingles, the inimitable, Vincent Paulino, everybody, uh, Eric Zane, trucker Andy, Tucker and Anita Dixon, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friends, Gvac, Barry the Blade, and Todd Hillier, whose support of the show was always gracious and always appreciated. Uh, check us out on SiriusXM, the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. <laughs> forget it, 6 p.m. Eastern on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.